Hello, Bolingbrook family. My name is Michael Polite, and it's such an honor to be here in worship with you. Now, I know worship these days has become distanced and digital. However, I hope you never forget that church is within you. The Bible says that ye are the temple of the Holy Spirit, which means we don't go to church. We are the church. Church is not a place where you come to be saved. Church is a gathering of people who are saved. And this is the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that church has now moved from the outside on to the inside. And I'm hoping that you never forget this truth, especially during a time of social distancing. Wherever you are, that's where church is taking place. And so I'm just excited from the privacy of my own home to be having church with you. But it's something that I am embodying and embracing on a day-to-day -day basis, not because I'm in a sanctuary facility, but because I have the promise of God living on the inside of me. You do too. And we will hear more about that great promise in our message today. However, before we begin, I just want to give a, a vote of thanksgiving as well as gratitude to your executive team that gave me this invitation. You know, it's been a little bit of time, maybe close to a year since I was able to worship with the Bolingbrook family and I was there live. And now I'm here at a distance worshiping still, both in spirit and in truth. So I want to thank you for this invitation. I'm excited about the word today. Why? How much better can a word get than to come from one of the most powerful sermons ever preached? And many would argue the most popular sermon in all 66 books of the Bible. We're talking the Sermon on the Mount. And boy, wasn't I overjoyed to hear that the Bolingbroke family has decided to go thoroughly through and intentionally through all of the verses of the Sermon on the Mount. It is Jesus's maybe most profound message that he gave, definitely one of his most complete ones, and I'm so excited to continue that momentum here today. Now, we are going to talk about Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21, and yes, we're going there today. We're talking about what Jesus says about your treasures. Nope. Do not bring that clutch closer to you. Nope, don't grab your purse. Nope, don't go hide your wallet. We are not talking about external treasures alone. We are actually talking about the deeper gift of internal treasures. Let me break that down a little bit further for you. But first, let's read it. Let's read it first. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21 Please read it in the version of your choice. I'm going to take it on from the New King James Version. That's Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. It reads there, do not lay up for yourselves treasures. Now, that starting line, that, that first few words, that's huge for you today. So make sure you highlight that wherever you're reading it. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures. Layup is just another term for what we call storage. So what it's really saying is do not store for yourselves treasures on earth 
where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. Watch what verse 20 says. But lay up for yourselves. Oh, there goes that phrase again. So it's really saying, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. We will finale in verse 21, where it reads, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So excited about this word today. I think it is going to transform you by helping you find that mind renewal promised to us in Romans chapter 12. And so I want to collectively unify our thoughts underneath the theme, how to set your heart free. Wouldn't you like to know how to set your heart free? Free. Well, I'm going to give you the million dollar answer immediately after we take a pause to bless this word. Heavenly Father, I thank you in advance for the power of being present. I am in this present moment with my friends, my brothers and sisters who are also in the present moment seeking a present blessing. And so, God, we hold on to the promise that we are not only fearfully and wonderfully made, but marvelous are your works, which means everything about this present moment is not only a part of my destiny, but it is a part of my answer seeking. I am going to receive an answer today that I've been looking for. So we claim that in the name of your son, Jesus, amen. How to set your heart free. Now, I'm just going to start off by telling you a little secret about myself. I happen to have an infatuation with treasure stories. I have loved treasure stories since I was young. I'm talking about Aladdin. I'm talking about Treasure Island. And then as an adult, you know, they got a little more sophisticated, but I love them the same. I'm talking Count of Monte Cristo. I'm talking Oceans 11, 12, and 13. Yes, that's right. I watched all of them. And what I love about treasure stories is first, just the idea of going after something that many people think is forbidden or something that is out of our reach or something beyond our capabilities. I love the thought and idea of finding some map that is showing me this path that I must take through dangerous forests and high hills and, and, and climbing cliffs and, and, and low valleys and dark shadows. And yet on the other side of that journey, after all of that adventure, after all of that scary stuff, there's a treasure. I love the idea of that. I love the idea of someone saying that I can't get my hands on something and then using my strategy and my intellect, my personality and my skills to put together this mastermind plan. <laughs> yes, mastermind plan to get my hands on that treasure. I love treasure stories. However, as I've gotten older, I have noticed in these treasure stories, there's the type of story that only takes us up to the place where the protagonist gets their hand on the treasure. Or maybe it's the antagonist who gets their hands on the treasure. And usually the story at about that point 
is nearing its conclusion. So we really never get to see the long-term effects of finding the treasure. And here's the second part of tre treasure hunting that's not so romantic. Once you get the treasure, now you have to put just as much, if not more, energy into keeping the treasure. And what I am looking at right now in my own life is, wow, I've got a lot of stuff that I'm pursuing. I have a lot of things that I would love to get my hands on. I hear there's some treasures out there, treasures that far outpace the Count of Monte Cristo's gold of Artemis that he found in a bay. No, no, no. I hear there are even greater higher, more expensive treasures to be secured. However, gotta admit, don't even know if I want to touch it. Why? Well, simply put, because when we touch our treasures, now we have the responsibility of maintaining, sustaining, and simply keeping our treasures. And who wants to put in all that energy after you already expended all you had just to get your hands on it? To keep it is harder than getting it. That's the thing about treasure. That's almost like the unfair thing about life. And have you ever finally reached that pinnacle point? finally gotten to that place in your life where you have the house, you have the car, or you have that romantic interest, or you have that degree, or you have that six-figure job. I don't know if it's six figures. Maybe we're just all thankful for uh, five figures these days, but whatever job you got, you got that job. It's something that you wanted. And then as soon as you step into the blessing, now you are thrust into a battle for your life just to keep hold of that blessing. Well, here's where I love Matthew 6 verses 19 through 21, because what it's suggesting is there's a place where I can store my most valuable gifts and it will be far away from any type of earthly compromise because it's stored away in this place called heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but every single treasure narrative I've watched would love, would love to have this place where they could store a treasure and be guaranteed that that treasure will never be compromised, not by external factors like hurricanes, tornadoes, rust, flooding, nope, none of that, and not by human factor, thieves, pirates, robbers, uh, grand heists, nope, can't get it there because this is far away or stored far away from any of these elements that would compromise our valuables. And so what I love, what I long for is to find this place. Where is the place where I could place my treasures and be guaranteed that they will never be compromised? Well, Jesus gives us a hint in the Sermon on the Mount when he says, do not store up your treasures on earth, store up your treasure instead in heaven. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart will also be. Now, this is, this is huge for us. He didn't say there was a vault. He didn't say there was a safe. He did not say there was this high standard security system with cameras and lasers. He did not say there were, there were a, an army of ninjas that you could hire. No, what he said was you would not need any of that because this is a place that is in heaven. So I'm saying, okay, where is heaven? 
And how do I store my treasures there? Because the promise is not for some future time. This is not Jesus giving a prophetic moment. No, the Sermon on the Mount is very present. It's about what we can experience here on earth. It's about what we can experience in this life. Right now, in this very moment, there is a place where you can store your treasures and not be worried about them being compromised, being taken, stolen, or even destroyed. And Jesus is saying you can have access to that place right now. So let's answer that first question, where is heaven? The second question is, well, how do I store my present treasures there now? First question, where is heaven? I think we get a hint in Luke chapter 17 and verse 21. It reads there in the New King James Version, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Now here's the huge epiphany moment I had, is that the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are the same place. Anytime you see them used in the Bible, they are used interchangeably. Kingdom of God is the same as kingdom of heaven. So when Luke chapter 17 and verse 21 says that the kingdom of God is within you, it's actually saying that the kingdom of heaven, the heaven we just read about in Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 through 21, that that place is not on the outside of you, but on the inside of you. Earlier in this passage here in Luke 7, 17, verses 20 and 21, you see Jesus saying that you cannot find the kingdom of heaven through observation. This is not a place where somebody can say, yo, it's over there, or yo, it's over there. No, he says, anytime someone tries to show you the kingdom of heaven on the outside of you, then they're off base and you know that they are wrong and whether they're deceiving out of trickery and manipulation or they're just ignorant to what the true kingdom of heaven is, they're wrong. Don't believe them. Don't go follow them because the kingdom of heaven is within you. Now, a lot of individuals are waiting for the kingdom of heaven to return. We are waiting for Jesus to come back. However, I want you to know that the kingdom of heaven can be experienced right now. You don't have to wait for the second coming in order to experience the kingdom of heaven. And the Bible is very clear, clear that that kingdom does not come to you from the outside. That kingdom actually shines from you from the inside. And this is what the Bible is talking about when it says, let your light so shine. It's saying there's something in you that's trying to shine out of you. You're supposed to be a torch. You're supposed to be a flashlight. You're supposed to be a lantern. You're supposed to be a floodlight. You are supposed to have something beautiful on the inside that is shining out of you. And that beautiful thing on the inside is the kingdom of heaven. Woo-wee. I don't know if that encourages you, but understanding that I can get a taste of what living in a different dimension feels like, I can get a taste of that now by tapping to what's already inside of me, that is super encouraging. So here we go. Kingdom of heaven, where is it? It's in you, but there's a second question. I know it's in your mind. I know it's rolling around. And that question is, well, how do I store my treasures inside of me. For example, if it's a very nice set of earrings, you would injure yourself 
if you tried to digest those earrings and if it was a watch that you really love or say it's too large for you to ingest at all like a car or or like your house like how do i store these things inside of me well i do want to suggest that maybe where we're off base is when we hear the word treasures we think of concrete items but what if jesus instead is not talking about concrete items being our greatest treasures but abstract things being our greatest treasures ideas and thoughts and emotions what if those are the things we're really storing on the outside of us or on the inside of us well that can be a little confusing so let me just go to the text itself and hopefully you'll see what i'm talking about luke chapter 6 and verse 45 reads this way a good person out of the good treasure did you see that? Luke 6.45, New King James Version. Did you see this language? A good person out of the good treasure of his or her heart brings forth good. And an evil person out of the evil treasure of his or her heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, there's so many things that we could grab onto in this passage. You could spend a whole afternoon preaching this one verse alone. It is deep, profound, and mm -mm good. However, I just want you to hold on to the fact that do you see where the treasure is stored in this text? It says that a good person out of the good treasure of his or her heart and an evil person that is coming from a treasure they stored in their heart so when we hear jesus speak of treasure he is not talking about concrete things he's actually talking about thoughts and emotions that we have stored inside of us that actually end up guiding our heart or guiding our mouths for this verse says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. And our first verse in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19 through 20 says, wherever the heart is, that's where the treasure, or excuse me, wherever the treasure is, that's where the heart is also going to be. So now we can kind of put these two things together and see that the kingdom of heaven is inside of me. And we can even take it a step further and define that the kingdom of heaven is in my heart. And in my heart is where the great treasures are stored. Those treasures are not concrete. Those treasures are abstract thoughts, ideas, and feelings. Now that could be a bummer to many people. Why? Because they're thinking about concrete treasures. And it's because we've been convinced that our concrete treasures are the most valuable things we possess. However, that is false. Psychologists call this extrinsic value systems. And especially here in the Western world, we are drunk on extrinsic values. Extrinsic simply meaning people, places, and things. These are all aspects of life that reside on the outside of us. However, what psychologists are also coming to the conclusion of is that true happiness is not rooted 
in extrinsic values. Instead, true happiness is rooted in intrinsic values. So as long as a person keeps chasing after things on the outside of them, they never find happiness. But it's when they start understanding, realizing, embracing, and accepting that true happiness starts on the inside. That is when they have a shot at actually experiencing this word called bliss. As a matter of fact, the ancient Greeks used to use this term to describe how meaningless and futile it is to continue looking for fulfillment outside of yourself. They called it the hedonic treadmill. Hedonic treadmill. Yes, indeed. It is a Greek term that really has its base in what we would call the hamster's wheel. You've seen a hamster. It gets in the wheel and no matter how fast it runs, how many calories it burns, how much effort it exerts, it still remains in the same place. It's turning that wheel, but that wheel is not going anywhere. This is what happens when we set our sights on extrinsic treasures, valuables, extrinsic uh, uh, values. Anytime we believe that something outside of us is going to secure for us happiness, that is when we actually take a step away from contentment. We take a step away from happiness. We take a step away from fulfillment. Anytime we take a step towards trying to resolve the emptiness inside of ourselves, with something outside of ourselves. As a matter of fact, if you really hone into Genesis chapter three, this reaching for something outside of me to fulfill something inside of me is actually the place where the first sin is ever committed. For it says that there was a void created in the heart of Eve when she said, man, maybe God is holding out on me. And haven't you thought the same? Haven't we all been there? Haven't we all thought that sometime, someplace, some way? We have thought that maybe God is not giving me all that I deserve. Maybe God is not giving me all I need. I am feeling this emptiness and I would not feel so empty if God truly had my back. So Eve now says to herself, well, maybe outside of myself, I might be able to find something that fulfills the void inside of myself. Well, what happens? No, in fact, after reaching for that outside uh, stimulus, after, after reaching for that external variable, Eve finds herself feeling worse off than she did before she ate it. And that is the hedonic treadmill. Whenever we reach outside of ourselves for happiness and fulfillment, we end up feeling lacking even more. And this is the major trick of this world. When the Bible asks us to be in the world, but not of the world, what it's actually asking you to do is take the leap of faith and begin to detach yourself from attaching yourself to any external thing. So I'm talking about that romantic relationship that you really like right now. You actually need to begin to detach yourself from believing that that relationship is what's going to make your life good. Because say that person unfortunately passes away. What happens then? You're left with a life that's empty because you put all your faith and hope on something outside of you. That new car you want. Okay, so you get the new car. What happens if you get the new car? It's the exact model you want 
and three weeks later, you're not happier than you were before. What happens if you get that degree? What happens if your bank account number goes up? What happens if all of that good stuff happens for you, but then it leaves? Now you're stuck. And this is what Proverbs chapter 23, verses 4 and 5 is really trying to say. For it says there, do not overwork to be rich, because riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. Did you just see that text? It is saying, don't put so much effort in working to amass external items. Because those external items will disappear just as fast as you grab them. And so I'm going to give you this great principle of life that I've begun to embrace that has really changed my life. And that is this idea that my external environment will change once my internal reality shifts. I'm going to repeat that. My external environment will change once my internal reality makes a shift. What I'm simply saying there is that a lot of times we want to change our inside feeling with outside stimulus, extrinsic values. But what about if it was the opposite? And what if Jesus is really trying to open you to the great truth of our universe, which is this, that when you start understanding that the true value is on the inside of you, now I start looking inside of me. Now I start nurturing what's inside of me. Now I start putting effort in what's inside of me. And as I shift what is inside of me, all of that external stuff is given to me. Oh, I know some of you know where I'm going right now. We're going straight to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Later on in this chapter 6 of Matthew, this is how Jesus decides to crescendo and finale his sermon. He It reads there in verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God. Wait a second. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are the same. And where is the kingdom of heaven? Where is the kingdom of God? It's inside of me. And where specifically is it inside of me? It's in my heart. But seek first the heart that you have and the righteousness of God that is in your heart. And all these things shall be added to you. Now, a lot of people feel uncomfortable when I just said, and the righteousness of God that's in your heart. However, I want you to know that God's spirit is already inside of you. Genesis chapter 2 says that because we breathe, inhale, exhale, because we breathe, it is a sign that we have the spirit breath or the ruach in the Hebrew. It says the ruach breath within us, which means anything that is breathing, anything that is living has the presence of God in them. As a matter of fact, you cannot live without the presence of God in you. So a lot of people are searching for the presence of God outside of them. However, the presence of God has always been inside of you. And what Matthew 6 and verse 33 is trying to say is when you seek out the presence of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven inside of you, and when you start nurturing what's inside of you and getting to know what's inside of you and communing with what's inside of you, as your inside shifts, your environment will change. And that is because your external environment is always a reflection of your internal state. 
wow, that is good. Your external environment is always a reflection of your internal state. And I say that and I mean that because I've experienced that. If I want my external, val my external environment to really shift, it's not about me working harder to amass, amass more goods or working harder to make more money or working harder to get more friends or working harder to get more degrees or working harder to get a better job. No. In fact, if I do work hard, it's not to get anything on the outside of me. If I'm working hard, it's to nurture all the good that's trying to get out of me. See, from the inside out, we are transformed, not from the outside in. But as my insides get transformed, as I am transformed by the renewal of my mind, guess what happens? Now all of that external stuff starts getting attracted to me. I begin attracting that external stuff, all that good stuff. Why? Because my external environment always reflects my internal state. If my internal state is healthy, I can attract health outside of me. If my internal state is wealthy, I can attract wealth from the outside of me. If my internal state is secure and stable, I will attract security and stability to me. As your internal environment shifts, your external environment has to change. And that is the secret that Jesus is trying to give us as he's saying, don't store your treasures. Do not place most of your efforts. Do not put most of your priority in building up your safe, your accounts, your storage units, your garages, no, instead, if you would just focus on nurturing and cultivating the kingdom of heaven, which is inside of you, all of that stuff will be attracted to you. It'll just come to you. You won't even have to work as hard as you used to work to get a little bit of it. All of a sudden, the windows of heaven will be poured out and you will not even have room enough to receive all of the external blessings that come your way. Wow. Can you see what Jesus is really trying to do? He's trying to make you rich. He's trying to get you to live rich, to live wealthy, but that has nothing to do with currency, bank accounts, or goods. It has nothing to do with the neighborhood you live in. It has nothing to do with the spouse you're married with. No, it has nothing to do with the boyfriend or the girlfriend you're dating has nothing to do with the job you're working at. And it has nothing to do with how many degrees or letters you have behind your name. No, in fact, it has everything to do with you realizing the treasure that is inside of you. And so with all that being said, I just want you to know that a review of our message simply can be put like this. Number one, the kingdom of heaven where is this place called heaven? It's inside of you. Okay, how can I store my treasures there? Well, actually, you store treasures in your heart. All right, well, what is that to say about all of this external stuff that I'm so attached to? Ah, my friends, great question. Well, you have to detach yourself from all of it. That's right. Your value can never be found in any of those external items. No, instead... You have to detach yourself from those external items and begin nurturing and cultivating what's in you. And all of a sudden, you'll look up one day and you'll notice 
that the blessing of Job has come upon your whole entire household, that you have double of what you had before you decided you wanted to step back from what you used to be attached to. And listen, that is truly what happened to the rich young ruler. That's the invitation that's so hard for any of us to accept. But the rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, I've kept all the commandments. What else do I need to do to be saved? And Jesus said, sell all that you have. Detach yourself from these extrinsic treasures and come follow me because I want to show you some intrinsic treasures that can't be taken away from you. I want to show you peace. I want to show you joy. I want to show you liberty. I want to show you health. I want to show you kindness. I want to show you self-control. I want to show you faithfulness. I want to show you goodness. I want to show you love. I want to give you that which can never be taken away because it's stored deep in your heart. And so I say to you, all that are listening, I hope you find yourself more aware of what Jesus is really communicating in Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21. And I really hope you have heard the true key to setting your heart free. You set your heart free by letting go of those external attachments that you have used to build your identity and starting to embrace what's in your heart. And when you start embracing the beauty that's already in your heart, all of those external treasures will be added to you. May God bless you and may he enlarge you. No, 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 not simply on the outside, but may he bless you and enlarge you on the inside.